Ah, the sound of paper to start a podcast. <laughs> That's how you know it's going to be good. Yes. And we are, as always, the home of professional podcasting. You heard it here first. Mm-hmm. Um, I will, and only, actually. And only. <laughs> I will say uh, we are not podcasting on a normal day. We had some scheduling conflicts, um, so this is coming out a day later. Um if you're watching this on a live stream platform, let us know uh, somewhere how it sounds or looks. We're, for the first time, broadcasting this live on Instagram and YouTube, as well as Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you can pretty much catch us on wherever you get your social media fix. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But if you traditionally listen to the podcast uh, through iTunes or whatever, you obviously can still get it there. It's just going to be a day late. So, Hello. Hello. Let's talk. Yeah, about you know, that. as we as we podcast in the name of Jesus, so it's a it's a good thing. You know, actually, we we normally pray as we start the live streams before we record. We didn't do that today. Why don't we do that now while we're recording? With all these people. So, <laughs> Father God, thank you for the privilege of being able to use these different platforms to be able to bring your word forward. We want to focus all the attention on you. This is not in any way uh, about us. This is about being able to get the teaching of the Bible in a, a clear way that connects the reality of God to the realities of life uh, in front of as many people as possible. So, Lord, I pray that you would uh, bless uh, the the format, the technology, so that uh, people would be able to connect with your word and that your Holy Spirit would be able to move in them to transform lives. Uh, we pray today as we look at the book of Acts that we would be able to see from this text what you have for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, uh, as you just said, we are still in the book of Acts, and we will be for a while. I'm going to say that every week, though, because that's just how I it's the ease thing. into it's things. how you roll. It's how I get us moving. So, mm. would you, as usual, as well, like to give us a brief summary of uh, what we're going to be talking about today? Uh, I, sorry, I will say that we had to skip the uploading the sermon this week because we had some technical some tech, difficulties. Tech difficulties. So, uh, but you can go on to the Real Life Facebook page and, and check out the live stream from that. But so so now we have to give really, give a really good summary of what it's kind of the the nature of our of our you know trying to upgrade different things as we're doing things some things are working some things are not and so we we actually I think have some improvements in the recording mm-hmm. unfortunately the, <laughs> I thought this meant we had three hundred and thirty seven watching people oh, watching yeah no. I can tell time um, but <laughs> as we did that you know in this particular case we ended up not being able to, to keep that capture so growing pains, uh, hopefully we'll be able to to capture that from the live stream to uh in a you know kind of retro capture that so we can keep it for the archive but in the meantime uh as we're moving forward we're, we we want to get as many formats involved as we can we want to get as as much opportunity for people who may not be in the building for any number of reasons to be able to to hear the teaching of god's word but I do want to be extremely clear, and I, I don't ever want this to be confusing. There is absolutely no scenario where a podcast or a live stream replaces the, the physical presence of God's people together, gathered in one place uh, for worship and teaching and prayer. So um, if, if you're from real life and uh, you know, this is a supplement where you can go back and check it out. That's great. If you are from real life and for whatever reason you can't make it, you're sick or whatever, this is a great opportunity to be able to fill that in. If you're not from real life, I just want to encourage you to connect somehow. You know, if you're in, in our area in southwestern Michigan or, or northwest Indiana, we'd love to have you at Real Life Community Church in Three Oaks, Michigan. Uh, but 
wherever you are, connect with a Bible teaching church. Somebody who, who is able to be a family for you that can help uh, walk you through the things of life and, and just as we're trying to do here, connect the reality of God in your life as you, as you discover um, what God says in, in his word as he lays out reality for us and how that connects with your everyday experiences. So uh, there, is, there is no no replacement, there's no substitute for God's people gathered together uh, as a body, as a family, where we have intimate relationships and, and investment in one another. Word. That said, uh, we were in Acts chapters 3 and 4 and took a longer passage than what we have normally mm-hmm. been, been doing because that's how Luke wrote it. So we really couldn't, you know, if we were to break it down into smaller um content packages, smaller pericopes, because you know I like to say pericope when I can. Um, my nickname in high school. I thought it might be. As we're looking through this, you know, we can look at Peter and John healing the beggar, and we can look at them being arrested and, and all these things, but it's really one story. It's all together. And so uh, to be able to work through this, we had to go from uh, 3-1 all the way to 4-22 uh, to be able to see where the climax is, because the story really comes to a to a head at uh, Acts four twelve, and that was our memory verse for the week. So we'll talk about that in just a minute. But the core reality as we were going through it was that the church brings Christ's love to people in order to bring people to Christ's love, and so. <clears throat> um, as we see it, it's easy for us to see Peter and John. Uh, they're going to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. They uh, come across a man who's lame from birth, and as they do this, he's you know he's begging and, and going around trying to, to get some money. That's all he's ever done his whole life. He's been lame, and that that was what he did. They bring him to the gate uh, at the gate called Beautiful, and and he would beg. Uh, Peter and John look at him and say, "Hey, uh, dude, got no money for you, but what we do have is bigger." And so Peter then, in the name of Christ, um, has him get up which had to seem discompassionate to a, a lot right. of folks. Like, what, what do you the guy's lame. Are, are you just being a jerk here? Right. Until the guy actually gets up. And then he's like, walking oh. and leaping and praising God, right. as the King James would say. And so as, as he's doing this, the crowd's starting to gather, right? People, people notice that change. He went from crippled to whole, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use those words intentionally. I know that's not perhaps what we would say in everyday life. But there's a picture here, the uh, same thing of us. We are, we are crippled. We're not able to do what we are called to do, what we're meant to do. But Christ makes us whole. He makes us complete. And so we're fully accepted then. I'm leaning away from the camera, so i got to do better than that. Um, he makes us full and complete in him. And so uh, as they do this, is the silver or gold I do not have. This is verse 6. But what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And the focus of the entire story hinges on this idea of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It's not actually about healing this this lame beggar. Uh, that's a part of it. But the story continues to build. So the crowd gathers because of what's going on there. And then he tells them, hey, what's the deal? You, you guys are looking at us like this is somehow our deal. Like we healed this guy in our goodness and our mm-hmm. power. It has nothing to do with us. It's because of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And, right. and he goes on to explain that. And he connects the dots for them so that they see not just um, not not just the gospel uh, as a new thing, but he actually goes back and connects it to the patriarchs. He connects it to the prophets having foretold these things. Uh, and, and this is what we see over and over again 
he starts uh, here with the onlookers. He speaks uh, specifically of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, it's going to be verse chapter 3, verse 13. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. Now, he's focusing. I love Peter's use of irony. So he, he's, he keeps playing this contrast. He's the author of life. You killed him, but God wasn't going to let that stand. You disowned the holy and righteous one who was exalted by the God of our fathers. He belongs to us, and you disowned him and demanded the release of a murderer. And yet... Here's God offering you this opportunity for repentance. So then uh, in verse 16, uh, he comes back to that, that theme here. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. And he goes on to, to talk about the ignorance that they have, uh, that they acted in. They didn't realize what was going on. Verse 19, he gives them a, this call to repentance, this co- confrontation. It's, it's not just understanding this truth. You have to make a choice. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who's been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. And so he mentions also that that all the prophets have, have spoken to this. So one of the things that we see repeatedly in the book of Acts, and especially as Peter is, is hitting this early, is there is a there's an eschatological focus. So you're looking beyond now. He's connecting it all the way from the beginning, going back to what Jesus has done here in his earthly ministry, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and his return, which will be happening in the future. And he, he puts all of this together. So it's not like Christianity is some new religion that's mm-hmm. you know replacing Judaism or is some additional thing on top of Judaism, the case that Peter's making and Paul will make later on is that this is Judaism. This is what it has always been from the beginning, but we didn't see it. Our fathers have foretold this. The prophets have been have been talking about this from the beginning. <clears throat> Excuse me. The same God of our fathers is the God who exalted Christ. And he is offering you hope. Uh we were talking about Leviticus before we started up here and how some folks really can look at that and say, man, that's like two totally different gods. The personality of this God is different than the personality of that God. And it really isn't. This, where, this is why uh, <clears throat> folks who um, would often be called dispensationalists will look at things as God acted this way during this time and this way during another time. And there's there's some truth to that. God and there's, there's even mentions of like Moses saying, "Well, you promised this. You can't do this because yeah. you promised you would do this." And yeah. so it's so since looking at God in the Old Testament, I know this is getting a little off track, but looking at God in the Old Testament, looking at him in the New Testament, you wonder 
is is Jesus the difference, yeah. you know? Well, and that's I guess that's the thing is it's really not getting off track. Right. And that's what Peter's doing is he's kind of connecting all of these dots together. And he's saying, look, the, it's not like God changed plans. Right. It's not like or God shifted gears and mm-hmm. all of a sudden we're going to, you know, okay, we're doing it this way. Now we're going to do something else. Right. Or that didn't work. Let's try this. Right. There's no plan B. It didn't surprise him. It has always been the plan from the beginning. This is what Moses talked about. This is what the prophets talked about. You you didn't see it. I didn't see it. We didn't see it. But now the Holy Spirit has allowed us to be able to see what the prophets have always said. We can look at the scriptures and see Christ throughout this thing. And as we look at Christ doing this, uh, the the impact really hits them hard. You know, throughout throughout the book of Acts, when the when the Jews who are receiving the word from Peter and from the other apostles, when it when it connects, it's like, oh my gosh. The, the light bulb goes off, and, and like they said in, in Acts chapter 2, it's like, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. We get it. So what should we do to be saved? How should we live? How, what should we do? And the answer is the same. Repent. Repent. Turn to Christ. In chapter 2, he says, be baptized. In other words, be, be connected with this body. Be identified with Christ. Here he doesn't mention baptism, but it, it's still this repenting. Turn from your way to God's way. Receive Christ. Embrace what he has done for you rather than rejecting him. And God will send refreshing into your lives. And, you know, we might look at that as, as you know, getting our best life now. God's going to make everything better and you're going to have a bowl of cherries. Uh, that's, that's not the case. And these who are preaching it will end up, most of them, being martyred. But there's a deeper refreshing that in the midst of it, the, the God who oversees all of these circumstances who's sovereign over everything will be with you and he will strengthen you and and will will be the if i can say this without having you chuckle at my very cliched pop culture reference literally be the wind beneath our wings that he's going to carry us forward as we are when we see in isaiah that picture of rising up on wings as eagles that that those who wait on the lord will renew their strength and they, they won't grow weary. Even youths grow tired and weary. Even the, the young lions, uh, th- they struggle. We all are going to run into these difficulties in our own strength. The eagle isn't flapping its wings. The eagle has the wind beneath those wings, lifting it up. You, every every you time I say that, that you're, you're, you're going to be in watching beaches tonight. I can't home, watch right? beaches. Okay, so, let's not get into that. So, <laughs> Stacey will cry in the air again. Uh, on the air, as if on this the is air. air, right? So Hello, WKRP. <laughs> now that's going to be in my head. We have to get away from the pop culture oh. references at some point. But but again, the eagle isn't flying by right. great effort. It is being soaring. carried. It's, it is. It's soaring being carried along. So it's not getting tired the way a bird that's flapping like crazy is going right. to do. So that picture is is very much what Peter's talking about here, that if you will repent, stop doing all the things that you're trying to do to reach God. Hmm. Trust that he is already here. Receive Christ. Emmanuel, God is with us. And he will bring this refreshing. He will renew your strength. He will carry you as if the 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 currents of wind are are holding you up like an eagle soaring and so the whole concept of repentance is never far from what they're talking about and interestingly as we see the the grace that is preached the concept of law and judgment are also never far away we can't really look at the the gospel of grace without 
the law and the judgment being close by, without the, the eschaton, the end of things coming, um, because that is the reality that God tells us. So we, when we see history, it's linear. It's not cyclical. It, it's linear. There's a beginning point. There's an ending point. And the, the Bible, the story of Scripture, starts at the beginning, has a middle, and moves toward the end. What a concept. It is amazing as we look at it. And all of these things that are going on in the middle, all, all are fitting. They're carrying that story along. It seems cyclical at times. Well, it does. And, and, and in fact, we see that in Israel's history where they, they do the same things over right. and over again. It's like, come on, man. Definition it's Groundhog of Day. Yeah, so, which, by the way, was one of the best commercials in the Super Bowl this Agreed. year. Agreed. Um, and I've not even, even seen the movie. But it's that same idea where we do the same things over and over again. And isn't that how our lives work? I, you know, we can look at Israel and say, man, you're so dumb. Right. Well, you, God blesses you. If the roles were you know, reversed, they'd look at us and say, man, you're right. so dumb. And then I look at my own life, I'm like, right. man, you're so dumb. God blesses you, and you take it for granted, and then you fall back into sin. You start to rely on your own strength instead of and on God's strength. And then you reach a point, and you're like, oh, man. And I have to repent. What am I doing? Right. Yeah. And, and What's wrong with me? So what we see in Israel is a picture of what we see in in world history, human history writ large. That, that's it, it is, It's this picture of what I live every day in Israel. So Peter, as he's talking to these guys here, he's really talking about our experience as well. I mean, he is specifically talking to them. We don't right, want to pretend right. that he's not. But as we as we lift the principles out of this context and see, okay, there's a specific thing that actually happened historically. And yet, boy, that sure is a good reflection of us. We're called to the same kind of repentance. And we're also having having repented just like these disciples who have repented, then we are also called to share that same message with others. So as Peter and John heal this man, in fact, uh, a little bit later on here uh, in chapter 4, they're, they're facing the priests and the captain of the temple guard uh, and the Sadducees. So the Sadducee party is in, in, uh, primarily in power with the, among the high priests and the, and the uh, higher-ranking priests. Uh, verse 2 says they were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead well the Sadducees don't believe in resurrection so the problem that they have here is not the healing it's not just that they were teaching it's that they were teaching that Christ rose from the dead we're going to run into that a lot of times where people will be they'll be good with the, your your social work, your social justice, right. uh, you know, as you you know, you talk about Jesus' love and you feed people and take care. They're, oh, they're good with that. It's the name of Jesus that they have a problem with. And when we say the name of Jesus, I mentioned this on Sunday. We're we're really not. It's not the words Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes we get fixated on on the language of it, of the speaking of the name. That there's inherent power in the in the spoken word or in the written word, and you know. Yes and no. There, there is a certain um, power in in the psychology of it, and so on. But it's not like an incantation. We're not, we're not saying it's. It's not like saying Beetlejuice three times, or you know, some kind of a thing. I've like never that. seen that. And you didn't as much. It was a terrible movie. I know a lot of people loved it. It was terrible. Anyhow, and I loved Michael Keaton. But no. Anyhow, uh, it, it's not like that. It's, right. it's the opposite of that. The concept of it is rooted in the same things that those flawed concepts are rooted in. 
the name is the identity of that person. So when he says the name of Jesus Christ, it's belief, faith in the person and work of Christ and who he actually is. Not the word. Right. It's not not like if you have this formula. Right. If you don't have a, a saving relationship with Christ, you don't have faith in him, you can say all the things you want. You can, you know, like every exorcism movie that's ever been made right. out there, uh, you know, like 75% of Martin Sheen's movies in the 70s and 80s. So as you see these things... Or the power of Christ compels you, or whatever. You're going to throw all these right. things out there, and, and we're going to attack vampires with crosses and you know demons with holy water and all this kind of magical incantation. And we've totally missed the boat. And what Peter and John are saying here is, look, this isn't about us. It's not even about the healing. It's not about this man. It's about Christ. So that culminates. He said, they, you know, the the uh, rulers say to them, uh, they got to stop doing this. You know, they. <laughs> they're commanding them to stop. They seize them. They put them in jail. Verse 4 says, But many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. Uh, which, you know, think about this two chapters ago, they're at 120. So right. now they're at 5,000. It, it's really, slightly bigger. It's been a, a very big jump. Uh, some pretty major things happening, which is going to happen when, you know, you're out here speaking in languages that you don't know yeah. and and raising uh, lamed people lame people and stuff but the focus continues to be on the message many heard the message believed it's not just that they saw the miracle the crowd saw the miracle they all saw the miracle even these sadducees uh, they they'll say in chapter 4 we all know that they did this everybody in jerusalem knows right. they did this we can't deny it so now what well it's the same as i don't say the same almost the same as as Jesus, he did all these miracles, yeah. and he would tell people, you know, don't tell anybody about that. But the right. word got out. Yeah, so there's so, there's a confirmation by the miracles right. that what they're doing because this is a unique time in history. This is the fullness of time when Christ has come. This is the birth of the church. There's an establishment uh, that that needs to take place here. Uh, now we have the canon of scripture, and we don't have uh, we don't have the same need for these miracles as calling cards that they right. that they have here. So anyway, uh, it's the message. They heard the they heard the message and believed. The next day, uh, they try to deal with this and they come up authority of doing this on behalf of whom? Uh, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who is lame and are being asked how he was healed, stop for a second, he's it's rather shrewd, again, the Holy Spirit in him, to point out we're not being accused of some great crime. We're being accused of healing a dude. Right. So you're you're calling us to account because we did something kind for a lame person. Just want to make sure we're all clear on what's being said here. If that's what you guys are asking, then know this, verse 10, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone, something that clearly resonates with Peter. He'll mention it again in his, uh, in his letter later on, in, uh, later in the New Testament. So years later, he's still, that's central for him. Verse 12 is really the culmination. This is the, the, the climax of the entire story. It's, it's why we know that this particular core reality is the point. It, it, it's carrying everything along here. He says, salvation is found in no one else. 
for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Boom. Right? So big mic drop here. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, it was not about Peter and John. It wasn't about how great they were. They were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there's nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these guys? Uh, We don't know how to stop this. Everybody knows that they performed a notable sign. So then, you know, in verse 17, it says, To stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. (laughs) Which, of course, that's going to happen. Peter Peter and John respond in uh, verse 19. So um, as you're telling us not to talk about this, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. That's kind of a hammer of a rhetorical question. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. I, I wonder how, how many of us as Christians are or, or should be convicted by that statement. Because mm-hmm. for us, we're like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to share the gospel with people. I'm so nervous about it. What they're are like, they going to think? What are they gonna they're think? like, how can we not? We know this reality, and if we know this reality, then how foolish would it be for us to let the fear of man overwhelm the fear of God? Mm-hmm. We need to make sure that the one we're pleasing is the one who actually matters, not all you small potatoes people. And that's kind of where we end up living is we're, we're fiddling around trying to impress people that who cares what anybody else thinks. The only thing that matters is that they have the opportunity to see the truth because they're going to die and go to hell. And Peter's made that very clear. You are guilty of the death of Christ. And while he's talking to them, these people that he's specifically you know, saying this to, they may not have personally, individually participated, right. but they're Just all like part of Just like you and I didn't, that. but we're all, right. we're all part of the same plot. And we weren't alive then, but I might as well have been holding the hammer that right. drove the nails because right. it's my sin that put him there. And so the call is to repentance, and the call to repentance brings us to the name. Salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. All of the deeds of the church, all of the good things that Christians do, and there should be an abundance of good works. All of the teaching, all of the, the helps, all of the, the um, loving other people is for the express explicit purpose of not just helping them in a temporal realm where we're all going to die afterwards anyway Mm -hmm. to to give you your best life now we want to give you your best life for eternity by helping you to see the one person that can save you there is no other name by which we must be saved so for that reason the church brings christ's love to people in order to bring people to christ's love if people can see him the beauty of who Christ is through the kindness of his church, through the compassion, then they'll be drawn to him. And, uh, you know, as Paul wrote, it, it's the kindness of God. It's his mercy, his grace that leads us to repentance. So that's how we, that's how we spread the gospel. Yes, with deeds and with words, they need to go together. It's two sides of the same coin. We could probably talk about that for a long time. <laughs> and we probably will talk about it for 28 more chapters. Okay. Or, or uh, but we will more. stop there for today. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And if you are watching on a live stream, let us know uh, how 
how these different platforms work. And uh, as always, if you have any questions, feel free to send us an email, somethingreal at reallifeonline.org, uh, or leave I a you message on Facebook. Uh, and we will catch you guys later.